Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Thank the Lord for his blessings. Let me punch the right thing. Ooh, okay. Amen. Let's pray, will you? Father, we thank you, Jesus, for your goodness, your blessings, for your mindfulness of us. What a privilege to stand in this place tonight. What a privilege to open your word and we ask for anointing, God, fresh anointing, and clear understanding, God, of your word. For your word gives us light, gives us understanding, guides and directs our steps. We thank you for your blessings tonight in your name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Tonight's study is not from the book. Uh, I was, of course, praying and searching for the service tonight, the, the lesson tonight. I had one already fixed up. So Bing's pastor said I can talk next, uh, next Tuesday, so I got one in store just in case, you know. But, but anyway, something on my heart, my mind, that I felt like the Lord gave me for the service tonight that we're going to share with you. Uh, I don't know how many, if any, of you noticed any any of my posts that I put on Facebook uh, most most of the days. Anyone I put, anyway, I put one recently, maybe last week, maybe. And in the last part of the post that I listed, I, I made this statement. Unlike our father, Adam, we today have an answer to the sin problem. Water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. All right. And I rung somebody's bell or something. I didn't record his name, but anyway, someone commented on this, on, on this phrase, on this statement. And he said, I guess it's a he, it said, I know many people who have performed the ritual of water baptism, but they still aren't saved. And it didn't answer the sin problem either. You need a new religion. Mm -hmm. He done put me in my place. But anyway, obviously I didn't respond to his comment. I don't plan to get into a debate on Facebook or any other book on something like that. If he'd let me talk to him personally, I'll be glad to. But I think his mistake, as well as a lot of people's mistake, is the uh, to understand what baptism is all about, what the, the purpose of baptism, and included in that, the purpose of being filled with the Holy Ghost, the purpose of the new birth. It's not a handshake religion. It's not, and they Recently, I've been noticing they have been repeating some of Billy Graham's old messages and uh, giving a kind of a 
oh, what's the Reader's Digest condensing of his life and showing some of the, the uh, services he had had, the arenas that he packed that came, thousands that came and listened to him. And it showed the hundreds and hundreds that marched up to the front to make a decision for Christ. And I couldn't help but feel, and I again, I'm being critical, I guess, but oh my, there's more than just making a decision. There's more than just coming to the front and say, I accept Christ now. Or some of these mega churches that get gather people around and say, now repeat after me. And they say the so-called sinner's prayer, now you're saved. Now you're saved. Or the old timers or years ago that were on the radio, bright, put your hand on the radio and repeat after me. <laughs> now write me and let me know whether you did or not. Let me know you're saved and <clears throat> include something in it, you know, in your envelope. But anyway, we know, all of us, most all, I guess, that are here tonight, we know that uh, there have been those who have been baptized. There have been those who have received the Holy Ghost. You have witnessed, I have witnessed, heard them speak in tongues, that it didn't stick. It didn't stick, I guess I can use that expression. They came in, but they didn't stay. They walked, but they didn't continue their walk. It's one thing to start, it's another thing to go all the way, isn't it? But anyway, but anyway, water baptism, even the right way, in the name of Jesus. Anybody sinful or habitually that's sinful, God doesn't, God doesn't smoke. He didn't invent cigarettes. Oh, I started to get funny, but I better do that. Repentance, repentance is turning, turning away from, that's, that's what we do. Repentance is turning away from our sinful habits, giving them up and surrendering our life to the Lord. God didn't give us the thirst or hunger for smoking or drinking or gambling or fornicating. You know, that's, we have a thirst for water. We have a thirst for food or a hunger for food and shelter and whatever. That's God-given. That's part of us. That's part of the creation. But as far as these things that we call habits, those are things we picked up, that we picked up. Because we know a whole bunch of folks that don't smoke, that don't drink, they don't gamble, they don't fornicate, and yet they still need the Holy Ghost. They still need to be baptized in Jesus' name. And nobody, nobody is baptized because of a drug habit. Nobody is baptized, or if they think they are, they're not. You know, they may feel like that's what I'm no, that Your drugs don't get washed away in the water. The drugs and, the, and the, all the other habits you get rid of them at the altar. That's where you get rid of the, the, the habits, if you will, and the sinful things. There are a lot of people, again, who's never smoked the first cigarette or drunk the first bud or cheated for the first time on their companion that still must be baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost in order to be saved. Now, while God didn't give us our sinful habits, he did give us a nature an Adamic nature. Well, we can, I guess we can blame Adam on that, but anyway, 
we are we have our our nature that's susceptible to sinning are susceptible to doing wrong because of our father Adam again not because God gave it God didn't put that that feeling in us I need to have this cigarette I need to have this booze I need to have this whatever no that didn't come from God again but anyway in Psalm 51 and 5 listen to what David said in that tremendous prayer that he prayed asking for forgiveness uh, concerning his uh, affair with uh, Bathsheba David said behold I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me I was shaping in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me so we don't become a sinner by picking up some habit by, right. again by picking whatever you I keep referring to tobacco or alcohol but whatever habit whatever sinful habit we are a sinner by birth we were born a sinner we don't become a sinner we were shaping in iniquity and sin we were conceived now here's a verse in Paul used in the book of Corinthians 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 14 where he says the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness unto him Neither can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. Spiritually discerned. And I need that verse, especially when I think about these fellows like Billy Graham and, and Chuck Swindoll and Jerry Falwell. When I think of fellows like that and, and Joel Hemp, Joel, Joel, what's his name? Osteen. Oh, yes, Steve. When, when I think about fellows like that, I, I need this verse to lean back on or to look to, they don't understand. They're spiritually, only spiritually discerned. The plan and the Acts 2.38, baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, being filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, is spiritually discerned. Spiritually discerned. And thank God I discern it. Thank God. Paul uh, speaks... Uh, I remember, let me, let me see this verse. I remember when I first received the Holy Ghost, got in church. Uh, I was green as a gourd in, in, in August or something like that, July. But there was, I was so ignorant of everything. And I, heard, I got to hearing this phrase that people were using, preachers were using, and, and people were using. And they were quoting Paul. They said, Paul said, I now hate the things I used to love. I now love the things it used to hate. Man, that sounds interesting. That sounds good. That sounds plumb Bible, doesn't it? <laughs> sounds. <laughs> but anyway, I got to reading the Bible finally. When I got saved, I began to read the Bible. And I never did find that verse. Never did find that verse. Uh, but anyway, I, I refer to that in relation to what I'm getting to, ready to read here. In Romans 7, this is a very lengthy reading, but this emphasize, and this is probably where they got this, this idea. Anyway, Paul said, begin with verse 14, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. Or when we, when we see these words carnal or fleshly, let's think of the term natural. There are two natures, a spiritual and a, and a natural, and the physical. And so when I, when I read that, I think uh, we know that the law is spiritual. 
but I'm a natural. I'm natural. I'm, a, I'm, na I'm carnal, sold under sin. For that which I, this is where you get, for that which I do, I allow not. For that which I love, I hate. <laughs> uh, for what I would, that do I not. And what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, in my nature, my natural uh, dwelling or being, dwelleth no good thing for to will is present with me, but how to perform that will, which is good, I can't find it. It's, I find it not, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that's what I'm doing. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin, the natural man that dwelleth in me. If I find then a law that when I would do good, evil, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. How many has heard the expression, the devil made me do it? We've heard that a few times. The devil made me do it. Well, he didn't. We, we, we would probably be more accurate to say Adam made me do it. That would probably be more appropriate because we are sons of Adam. We have Adam's nature, right. the Adamic nature. So if we've got anybody to blame, it's not the devil because the devil can't make you to do anything. He can tempt you and make it look so inviting, but it's you that decide whether to do it or not do it. But anyway, Adam made me do it. That sounds, that sounds more like it. Anyway, uh, in Romans, let me read an, another volume. In Romans chapter 8, you know, where Paul deals with this issue of the battle between the natural man and the spiritual man. He said at the beginning of the verse 1, I like this. Uh, after he had just finished chapter 7 about that what I do, I do not, that being so on. In chapter 8, which Paul, in Paul, of course, was no chapters, but he continued in chapter 8, verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. We've crucified the flesh. We've conquered the old man, and we've put on a new man. Uh, Anyway, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And we could, again, insert the word or paraphrase after the carnal, after the natural. But for the law of the spirit of life is in Christ. Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, not after the carnal, not after the natural, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded or naturally minded uh, is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind, the natural mind, is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Right. Listen to that. 
It just can't be. Uh, so then that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. You can't please God in your carnal, natural uh, being, I guess. I don't know how else to say it. You got to get out of, the, out of the flesh, out of the natural, into the spiritual. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. And then he says in, in uh, verse 9, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, if any man is not filled with the Holy Ghost, if any man is not in the spiritual atmosphere or condition with God, he is none of his. I know that you didn't count, but I did. Nine times in this passage we read, Romans 8, verses 1 through 9, nine times Paul used the word flesh. Nine times. We could, again, we could paraphrase and replace or whatever, insert the word uh, natural man instead of flesh because that's what it's talking about. It's talking about the flesh, the natural man. As we have said many times, when we're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, it's our sins, it's our Adamic nature that's washed away. Of course, not our flesh. We still have the, the we still have the, this flesh. It's just been cleansed by baptism in Jesus' name. So anyway, we could replace the word with natural man and understand the liberties which the child of God knows when we're filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to take time to read it all, but just, just for instance, uh, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ who walk not after the carnal or after the natural, but after the spirit. Uh, for the, what the law could not do in that it was weak through the carnal or the natural, God sending his own son in the likeness of the sinful natural man, natural man and for sin, condemned sin, in the natural, he hung on the cross. That was a body that hung on the cross. That was the physical man. That was the natural man that was hung on the cross. And our sins was nailed to the cross with him. He died that we could have life. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 6, Paul said this, knowing that this old man, this our old man, our natural man, is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed and that henceforth we should not serve sin. Thank God there is a remedy to sin. There is a remedy to these habits that we pick up. There is a remedy to condemnation. There is a remedy to, to a, a feelings of being lost and condemned. And Paul said the Lord died, suffered for us that we could experience this. I think... Uh, when I read this verse again for the umpteenth time, what caught my attention this last time was the expression, and if children, if children, that's speaking of us, the statement children caught my attention. We, of course, are children of our uh, biological parents through the natural birth process, but Paul is speaking here of a spiritual birth process. So just as we were born into our uh, natural biological family, we must be born into our spiritual family. Amen? 
And the only way that can be accomplished is according to John 3, 5. Jesus said, you've got to be born again of water and of the spirit to enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. And Paul said in what, 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 that it's by one spirit we're all baptized, we're all born into one family. Jesus, now the natural man, the, the spiritual man, the, uh, Jesus was the second Adam, as Paul stated in 1 Corinthians 14 and, or 15 and 45. It is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Jesus was Adam as far as being a man. He, he wasn't reincarnated, no. He's not Adam reincarnated. And we don't believe in the Adam doctrine either around here. But anyway, Jesus was the last Adam. He was made a quickening spirit. God took on the nature of Adam when he caused Mary to conceive and give birth to the man, Jesus Christ. He, God was, God was, uh, Jesus was God coming down to woo man back up to himself again so that we can have the fellowship that was lost in the garden because the, the spiritual man, I guess we could say, Adam knew, lost his spiritual condition in connection with God through his eating of the forbidden fruit and died spiritually, died spiritually. The Bible tells us uh, that Jesus, of course, was tempted by the devil with the same temptations as, as we are and as Adam was. Uh, he refused, of course, to surrender to those temptations. He paid the ultimate price for us. The writer of Hebrews puts it this way in chapter 4, verse 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, our problems, our needs, our hurts, our pains, our disappointment, our sickness, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin, yet without sin. Amen. Now, I know they didn't have bud back in those days, nor uh, Marlboro. They had no Marlboro man around back in those days, but that, uh, that's just part of the sin, part of the temptations. All that's in the world is the what? Lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Amen. That's the same way Jesus was tempted. Sure. Just read there in Matthew chapter 4 about the temptation, what the <laughs> devil did. That's the same way he tempts you and me. It's through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, or the pride of life. That's his avenues of getting to us. Yes. I want to close the door on all of those avenues, Amen. all of those accesses of Amen. temptation. I don't want to have a lust of the flesh or the lust of the eyes. I don't want to look at things I shouldn't be looking at. I don't want to desire things I don't need and I shouldn't have. I'm not going to get so proud and egotistical that I'm better than anybody else. No, I want to be humble before God because he humbled himself so that I could be exalted one day into his presence. Now, it is, of course, in water baptism we take on the name of Jesus 
and become identified with him through his name. But water baptism alone does not grant us the power and the authority to be victorious over the enemy of our soul. Water baptism remits our sinful past and damnic nature, but it's when we are filled with the Holy Ghost, which con concludes or confirms or completes the new birth process that we receive power and authority to tread upon those serpents and those scorpions. Amen. Until we are baptized with the Holy Ghost, uh, well, we're kind of like those that Jesus said that had the seed that fell by the wayside or the seed that fell on stony ground or, or whatever. But anyway, uh, I remember Brother Skaggs used to have an expression he'd use. We were at one of those storefront churches in St. Louis and the people that would come in off of the street and sometimes there have been times when somebody's supposed to get stirred up and want to get baptized and and Brother Skaggs would, of course, talk to them, and then he'd baptize them, and then you never see them again. And he, he had this expression, they didn't die, they just fainted. Yeah. <laughs> if they'd have died, it, it would have stuck. It was stuck. We, let, can I, let me say this, too, that it's complete off track, but anyway, I get off track. Uh, I remember one time we was in the service, and... Uh, some come, young folks come in and had a, one of those big old boom boxes. And Brother Skaggs, he knew what was in, in store. Of course, they sat in the back, close to the door. They were going to turn that thing up, blare it out, and then take off. Brother Skaggs nonchalantly went back and locked the door. <laughs> and we had church. And they stayed as long as he had the door locked. <laughs> oh, God help us yeah. to corner them somehow. <clears throat> Amen. But anyway, let me get back on track now. Water baptism alone gives us remission of our sins, our dynamic nature, but infilling of the Holy Ghost gives us power and authority. Listen, Paul put it, or John rather, 1 John 4 and 4, the familiar verse you are of God, little children. There's that children again. And have overcome them because, what? Greater is he that is in you than he that Amen. is in the world. Now, what, what jumped up here on this verse again was the question that came to me that I want to ask. Who is this one that John described that is in you? He that is in you. Greater is he. Who's the he? That is in you. That's why you have power. That's why you have authority. You don't get the he in you when you're water baptized. You get his name of he pronounced over you, but you don't get the he in you until you're speaking in tongues, filled with the Holy Ghost, amen, and rejoicing in the Spirit. Well, we have the answer to the he one place, uh, more than one, but one place in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27 where Paul said to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is what? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. And we also have the answer from our Lord's lips himself. As he said, according to John 14, verses 16 and 17, 
that familiar passage, I will pray the Father, he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, abide with you forever. But that's not the end of it, is it? Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. (laughs) Hallelujah. How can he, the one that was walking by by their side or they by his side, how can he be in them? Well, just give him time. When he dies on Calvary and and comes forth victorious over death, hell, and the grave, ascends into heaven, he says, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. It's expedient for you that I go away, he said in John 16, because if I don't go away, it won't come back. But when I go away, I will send my spirit. Amen. Amen. It shall be in you. Through his death, the Lord conquered uh, death, hell, and the grave. And in that victory, he purchased for us deliverance from our, deliverance from our Adamic nature, Amen. a bondage to Satan and to sin. Until and unless we're water baptized in his name, filled with his spirit, we are servants of sin. We are slaves to Satan. I know that sounds maybe... What's the right word? Uh, I might hurt somebody's feelings. Might be, uh, well, anyway, I don't know the right word I need to use here. If we're not saved, if we're, a, we're, a, we're a servant to something. Either it be a servant to Satan. There's only two masters. There's only two powers. And we're listening to one or we're listening to the other. Now, I don't mean to be offensive. I just mean to be accurate and, and, and plain. When we receive the Holy Ghost, we received his spirit that he sent back to dwell in our hearts and our lives. Listen to what Paul said. Oh, I covered my phone up. Let me see what time it is. Uh, oh, I've got plenty of time yet. Listen listen to what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. That ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. New man, new man. You know, I've heard it said, and and I certainly concur with it, when someone receives the Holy Ghost and they go home, even the dog knows they got it. Or the cat knows they received it. Amen. Or if, 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 if it's the wife that's come and received the Holy Ghost many times, most of the time I guess it is to begin with, the husband knows when she, when, when she goes home that she got it. And if it's the husband, she really knows. But anyway, there's a change that takes place. It's a spiritual change in, in our life. Again, Amen. that you put on a new man. Thank God. The expression new man describes the condition when we have been filled with God's Holy Spirit. Listen to what Paul said in Colossians 3 and verse 10, where he stated there, and have put on the new man, same expression, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Oh my, I like that last phrase. My, my, I didn't make any notes about that, but that needs to be noted. That we, we are renewed in knowledge after the image of 
after the image of him that created him. Mm. Who created me? Who created man? Amen. Amen. Now, the Bible tells us that Jesus created all things, doesn't it? Well, anyway, after the image of, we cannot, Lord, help me here. We can be in the image of Jesus Christ because he looked like us. He had our image, our likeness. He was flesh and bone and blood. So we can be in his image, his image. But we cannot, I hope I can say this right, I hope it's not right, wrong. We cannot be in the image of God in, a, in, a, in, 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 in the strictest sense because God is omnipresent. God is a spirit. God is like, like the air we're breathing right now. I can't see God, but I guarantee you I'm going to see Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to look upon the one that died for me. And, and in that sense, I know I'm going to look at God because Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. Jesus is God's representative. Jesus is God representing, or Jesus is God representing God. Amen. Does that make sense? Amen. I knew it did. But anyway, the things... The things that we did before we, before we come to the Lord were our natural actions, our reactions, because we were children of, Ab of Adam. We inherited our nature from our parents in the garden. We did again, well, again, we did not learn to sin. I know when you took that first drink or that first cigarette or you said that first ugly word or whatever, and you, know, you, you think we learned how to do it. That's natural. And let me, let me, I guess what I'm trying to get at in all of this is the fact that the enemy, when somebody in the church makes a mistake, sins, I'll get to that farther. Let me go on here. The things that we did when we come to the Lord were natural reactions. We inherited our nature from, from our parents in the garden. We did not learn to sin. We were sinners by nature. The new birth process of spirit, water, and blood, as John put it, 1 John 5 and 8, that there are three that bear witness in earth, the spirit, the water, the blood. These three agree in one to make up the new birth. The new birth uh, gives us a new nature. Our habits are changed. Our conversations are changed. Our thoughts are changed. Our outlook is changed. The very expression of our face is changed. Amen. How many of you seen someone filled with the Holy Ghost and you could tell by looking at them? Amen. Because their face changes. God comes in and, and he glows out. When he gets on the inside, it glows out. It emanates from us. Amen. And it's because of our being born again that we are given a new nature. A new nature. And uh, being born again, does uh, that mean that we're no longer committing anything wrong? Does it mean that when you receive the Holy Ghost, you're baptized in Jesus' name, you can't sin anymore? No way. No way. 
if, if that's be the case, all of us are in trouble. And I'm not condemning anybody. I'm just stating the facts about all of us. All of us. Now, quite frankly, I still drink all the booze I want to drink. And I still I still smoke and, and dip all I want to dip. Amen. And I still indulge in every sinful habit I can find that I want to. But the difference is I got a new want to. I got a new want to. I got new tastes, new feelings, new desires. I have no feeling whatsoever of visiting a house of ill repute or going over here to this, this, this tavern place over here. And you know, when I first came here back 25 years ago, uh, plus, I got a phone call, uh, this, this liquor place. What was that fellow's name that owned it? Barnes? Melcow. Melcow. Mel Barnes. Did he own it then when I first come here? Okay. Anyway, I got a phone call from somebody. And one know, Pastor, would you, like, would you buy this liquor store? This said, this, uh, I think it was $35,000, I believe is what it was. Something like that. And said, because if you buy it, then the law says the liquor store cannot be so distanced from the church. So you could close it down. Well, if I bought it, I'd close it down anyway. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but anyway, woo, Lord help me. We no longer want to do those things. Because we got some, amen, we got, we got some new want-tos that's on the inside. Paul said in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, here's the, here's the answer. This, then, I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When you go after lustful things, you're getting out of the spirit. The Lord's not going with you. Amen. Paul enumerates the works of the flesh in chapter 5 as well, beginning with verse 19. The works of the flesh are manif of Galatians. Works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, and he enumerates them. I'm not going to read them all, but anyway, go through them there if you want to because of the time. Now, Paul was writing to the churches of Galatia. Let me emphasize that. He was not writing to sinners. He was not writing somebody down uh, on, on Skid Row or something, he was writing to the churches of Galatia and he enumerates all of these works of the flesh uh, that uh, who never had never experienced being born again uh, as far as the sinners of the world were concerned. They, they are involved in doing all of these things. We are tempted, but we don't have to get in, we don't have to yield to the temptation. Amen. And in verse 24 of that same chapter, Paul said, but or and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh. They have crucified the natural man with the affections and lusts. The born again child of God, water baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Spirit, is explained what happens to them and what they do in verses 22 and 23 of that same chapter 5 of Galatians. But the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is joy, it's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. That's what we manifest. 
That's if we're a child of God. That's how we conduct ourselves and live. Paul tells us, he answer, or John, rather, excuse me, John answers the question for us concerning the actions that we take if we falter in sin. And again, to back up and say, let me go back to what I started to say a while ago, but I need, know I need to get to these verses too. The devil has used to his advantage somebody that's come to church, worship God, and go out and tempted some terrible way, catching them in a weak moment. Maybe they got a flat tire. Maybe their cow went dry or whatever. They catch them in a weak moment, and then the devil jumps on them with all of his webbed feet and long tail. And they submit, they give up, they say something they shouldn't say or do something they shouldn't do. And then the devil pounds on them. You're a sinner. You done sinned. You're lost. And what happens is they get discouraged, they get frustrated, and they don't come back to church. That's the tool and the tactic of the enemy. So just because I've said something I shouldn't have said, I'm not going to quit church. And just because I do something I shouldn't do, I'm not going to quit church. There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. John said, 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light, there's the key, I guess, because if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. And let's note the word cleanseth. It's not cleanses, it's cleanseth. It has a continuation there. The blood, when we're water baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, we're cleansed of our sins, is cleansed, but it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. I need his cleansing every day. Amen. I have thoughts I shouldn't have, and I need a cleansing every day. I might think something or see something or hear something I shouldn't hear or see or feel. I need his cleansing every day. Amen. That's why we pray every night, Lord, forgive me if I've erred in any way this day. Wash me clean. Wash me clean. Amen. Even Paul, or excuse me, even David was that said to uh, to cleanse him or forgive him of his secret sins. Is it something like that? Secret something? Yeah, somewhere it's in there. So, so anyway, John goes on to tell us in First John one. In verses 8 and 9, if we say we have no sin, oh my goodness, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. If you feel like so self-righteous and so holier than thou, you can stand up and say, I never sin. I'll give an altar call right now for you. <laughs> Amen. But anyway, the, the, the truth is not, but if, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. So never allow the devil to convince us just because we've sinned that we should quit, that, we're, that God won't hear us, that won't do any good for us to pray. No, no. In fact, if I ever needed churches after I've done something I shouldn't have done, if I ever needed to pray, it's after I've said something or done something I shouldn't have done. I need to draw near to God even more so at a time like that rather than allow the devil to get victory over me and say, I'm going to stay home 
preacher didn't shake my hand, so I'm going to stay home. I said something I shouldn't have said. I read something I shouldn't have read, so I'm going to stay home. Amen. No, I'm going to go to church. Amen. Through thick and thin, I want to go to church. Amen. Through the valleys, I want to go to church. Amen. I have the Holy Ghost in my soul. I've been set free from the carnal man, and now I have the privilege of being a spiritual man. And it's such times like this in closing. There's such it's times like this when Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 16 would certainly be applicable to us that we need to maybe take time to read. For a just man falleth seven times and gets up again. A righteous man, a just man, falleth seven times and riseth up again. Amen. I got something here I made up. No, that's not the right way. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, it's something here I put together. I guess it's made up. Would, 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 would a couple of you fellas come pass these out for me, please? Got you something to take on for you, with you. Amen. I don't have time, but I'd go through all this. But this has to do with uh, the, the tactics of the enemy to discourage and dishearten and frustrate and, 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 and because you do something you shouldn't have done or you have these feelings that you have that uh, the devil wants to hurt you with. I don't know if I made enough copies or not. I didn't know how many came on Tuesday night. But the copier back is back there if anybody would like to have a couple, we can make more. Amen. Don't give up. Don't back down. Don't slow down. Don't allow the enemy. You're a child of God. You've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I know we've been talking about the need of the Holy Ghost, but we're talking now to all of you that are here, you have the Holy Ghost. I suppose most all. So the point is, you have the Holy Ghost. You're a child of God. Don't, don't, don't allow the enemy to... Uh, discredit you or take you take you to the place and the condition where you feel like just throwing up your hands you're on the winning side you were carnal but now you're spiritual you were natural but now you're spiritual thank God for for the born again experience thank you for joining us today we pray you have been encouraged if you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com.